your Bibles with me. We're going we're gonna to talk about we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. Glory. I believe this will help everybody um, to walk in a greater measure of the Holy Ghost. And to facilitate what the Lord wants to do in this last hour. Now, I want, I want, you, I want to tell you something here. Um, you, I've been talking to you about, we, we started this year talking about supernatural increase. And um, I really haven't diverted from that. I know some of you don't identify the message of supernatural increase in what I've been saying. Because um, many people don't realize that there's a whole heck of a lot more to God's provision in our life. And walking in the blessing of God in, in our life than, than just uh, hearing, hearing scriptures like the one I, I just expounded on out of Malachi. You know, for, for that to work, there's a whole lot of other stuff that has to be true in your life as well. You know, if you're, you, can, you can be a tither and you can experience God's blessing in your finances by tithing. But if you're, if you're missing out on doing some of the, uh, for example, uh, I know uh, Norval Hayes said that there was a man that he knew years ago that was a businessman, and he said the guy was a multiplied millionaire, and he wondered how this guy had become a millionaire. It's because the dude was a tither. He had heard about tithing in his church, you know, when he was growing up, and that was one thing. If he wasn't going to do anything else, he was going to tithe. Even though he didn't really serve the Lord, he was a tither, and he was blessed financially because he was, the rest of his life was a mess, and he was on his way to hell on a greased pole. And so he wasn't really living in, super, in that flow of supernatural increase. Ha, just having money isn't having supernatural increase. Did y'all hear what I just said? Just having money isn't walking in supernatural increase. Walking in supernatural increase is when not only have you given your finances to the Lord, but you've given of yourself. Amen. That you've given yourself over to God to be everything that he created you to be. Now, uh, Daniel chapter 11, uh, we're going to read verse 32. It's, uh, it says this, and such as do uh, wickedly, and it'll probably come up here in a minute, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But the, and that's the, that's the part of the verse uh, that I want us to uh, concentrate on today is the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now, um, I'll, I'll read it in the Amplified Version. Amplified Classic says this, and such as violate the covenant, uh, he shall pervert and seduce with flatteries, talking about the devil. Uh, but the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm. Shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that, that verse right there uh, says a bunch about where we're at right now as a, uh, as a nation. You know, God, God promises us that if we will uh, know him, that we will be, uh, there's another translation that says that we will be mighty. 
uh, to be mighty means not to be strong in ourselves, but to be strong in the Lord. Turn to someone and say, be strong in the Lord. We know there are other verses of scripture that tell us that we're to be strong in the Lord and in the strength and in the power of his might. Amen. Jesus said uh, something about this. Um, Jesus said one time to his disciples that in, in that day or in the last days, he said that many would come and they would say, Lord, did we not do great uh, things for you? Did we not do, did we not cast out devils? Did we not prophesy? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not do these things in your name? And Jesus will say to them, uh, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. So doing exploits for God is more than just, um, it's definitely more than just seeing a manifestation or a demonstration of the Spirit. There's something, there's something that has to affect um, the lives of individuals. And that's, that's, where we, that's where we left off. I told you, we were talking about Revelation. Do you all remember? We were talking about Revelation. Maybe I should have given you a brief since uh, um, probably some of you have forgotten. We were talking about Revelation. What is Revelation? Someone, someone tell me. Do you remember? What, what did we determine Revelation was? God's thoughts toward us. Revelation is not some discombobulated, you know, I, I was, had a dream and I saw some monkeys flying from the west and they were carrying a dog and a little girl and um, uh, toward a castle, you know, and I don't know what the Lord was trying to, you know, some people, they're like, that was a revelation because they saw some weird, had some weird dream, saw some weird pizza vision or whatever. But a revelation, when God gives a revelation, when God and what is revelation? Well, revelation is a manifested spiritual truth. The word manifestation means to put on display. So uh, spiritual truth that's put on display or manifested is revelation. Well, who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. We know the truth. The truth makes us free. Is that right? Amen. Amen. So say this with me. Say Jesus is the truth. Amen. So a spiritual truth manifested or put on display. Uh, now we also covered already or, or established this morning that Jesus was the word. Oh, yeah. The word manifest in the flesh. God is his word. Amen. And so the word is truth. Amen. He's the truth. The word is truth. Isn't that right? Amen. And so um, when truth is put on display, uh, that's, that's revelation. Well, uh, his word being the truth, revelation then to the believer is when God reveals or manifests his truth, usually about us, to us. So revelation is God's thoughts toward us. It's when God reveals what his ideas are toward us, his idea for our lives. When, uh, when I had a vision, uh, the vision that I had when I, when I first got born again was of me preaching the gospel. I saw in the vision, uh, maybe, maybe some of you, we got a prayed back there or something? Um, one, of, one, of the, uh, one of the things that, um, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. This happened to me last week at Revival. Thank God. The last day of all days. 
Thank God. Anyhow, so um, I had a vision, and so the vision was revelation. But the revelation that God gave me in the vision wasn't some discombobulated something that I couldn't understand. Listen, if you're having dreams that you don't understand what they mean, put them aside. Right, right, right now is not the time for us to be laboring over and trying to figure out what some dream means that may not have any meaning whatsoever in our lives. If God wants to show you something and wants to reveal something to you, what we ought to be busying ourselves with is we ought to be busying ourselves with the thoughts that God has toward us that he's revealed to us that we understand, that we can do something with. I really believe that the devil has just scrambled the brains of God's people by making them believe that somehow or another they were getting some sort of revelation when in reality he was, and these things were, some of these things that he showed people, they, were, they definitely, the source of them was supernatural. It just wasn't God. Just because something is supernatural, just because God brings something supernaturally in your life um, or, 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 or something happens that's supernatural, in your, I won't say that God brings something supernatural, but just because something supernatural happens in your life, or uh, you can't equate that to being God. I, I went to a church one time. This church no longer exists, but I went in, uh, to this church one time. They had just started, and they said, we know that God has called us to start this church. I said, how do you know God called you to start this church? Because God supernaturally provided this, and God supernaturally provided that, and we didn't have no seats, and God supernaturally provided chairs, and we didn't have no sound system, and all of a sudden someone gave us a sound system. And, all. and so they put all of these, what were definitely events that were unusual, they put all these events together, and out of that they said, God, God wanted us to start a church because all these things happen. I'm going to tell you something. Just because that stuff happens doesn't mean that's what you ought to be doing. Church, that's the way a lot of people have been led for a long time. They, they think that, just, you know what, someone, man, should I even say this? How many, how many times have y'all heard someone say, well, you know what, people keep asking me. I, I had someone, I had someone telling me, um, that uh, they were they were in they were in ministry at another church. They were in, they were in ministry at another church, and while they were in ministry at this other church, uh, the pastor wasn't real uh, open to. They didn't feel like the pastor was real open. They felt like the pastor was threatened by uh, their ministry because a lot of the people in the church would go to them for advice um, when they would do any kind of ministry. People from the church would show up. And um, the pastor, they thought the pastor felt threatened because they were having a, a positive response from people within the church. People were connecting with them. People wanted to be around their Bible study. People wanted to help them to do the ministry that they were doing. And so the pastor told them, I don't want you doing that stuff no more. Well, in their minds, here's the thing. You, sh you should never be led by circumstances. God will never lead you through natural circumstances. Did you hear what I just said? Just because circumstances take a turn in a different direction. Listen, I don't, I don't, care, I don't care if the uh, uh, Lucky Charms elf pops up in front of you and goes to dancing around and 
hands you a pot of gold and you're like, well, supernatural increase, glory to God. You know what? There, there are some times when the enemy allows prosperity and, and, and uh, abundance to come to you and, and that it's to distract you because he knows that's the button he needs to push to get you off course. All he got to get you is a nice purse, a nice dress, a new truck, a big contract. A new project, a new endeavor. Are you hearing me today? So we, we as God's people, we have to learn how to identify God's thoughts toward us. Is it God? Are y'all hearing me today? Is it God that wants you to pick up your whole stinking family and move out of Oklahoma to go someplace else away, away from maybe what, what is going to bring about the fulfillment of your destiny in the spirit. Do, do you know how many people follow money instead of following the Lord? Well, it's the, the Lord's blessing. No, that's not, that's not, that's not necessarily right. I'll, I'll tell you that, that, that pastor that said, you know, that got all that stuff given to him, their church don't even exist no more. They were around for a while and now they're not around. It's not that they just dwindled in numbers they no longer exist they're not around anymore period andrew knows who they are they had all kind of stuff given to them and it was the blessing but you know what you can't you can't identify that god is that god wants you to do something based on the fact that people are giving you stuff or natural circumstances We've got to start getting a revelation from heaven of the direction that God wants it. Did you hear me? We've got to start getting a revelation from heaven about the direction God wants us to go and the things that God wants us to do. That's why that scripture that we read in Daniel is extremely important because it says this, uh, but the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong. In other words, we'll plan, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll show that the people will, uh, who know their God will prove themselves strong and stand firm. Stand firm on what? Stand firm on the word. Stand firm on the revelation that God gives. Now listen, some of you say, well, I don't have a revelation. Well, you better get one. Because I'm going to tell you something. God wants you to know what his thoughts are toward you. I know his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I know his ways are higher than your ways. But it's always been his desire to reveal his thoughts and the thoughts that he has about you and for you and toward you. It's always been his desire to reveal them to you. That's why in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the very last verse, it says this. But who knows the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Turn to someone, tell them, God wants you to have the mind of Christ. Why? Why? Because when you have the mind of Christ, then you know what God's will is for your life. You know the things that he has planned for you. You know where to set yourself, what, what, what direction to set your face toward. I had another, this, this pastor that said this, the, the pastor was threatened by him. He's like, well, you know, people started coming to me and saying, hey, if you ever start a church, 
We're, we're with you. If you ever start a church, we'll go with you. You know, we really need help. And there were people that left the church. And, you know, we know God don't want people to leave the church. And far be it from me to not be responsible for those poor people that left that church where that pastor is so threatened he wouldn't let me do nothing. So you know what his, you know what his idea was? I'm going to go start a church. You, you'd be surprised at the stories that we get when we ask pastors, how did you end up here? What, what made you start pastoring? What was it? What was it that happened that made you start pastoring? You know, when people ask me, you know, the first thing out of, out of my mouth is, well, Lord told me I was going to pastor. I didn't want to, but he told me. And not that I have an aversion to it. It's just, it wasn't even in my mind. It wasn't in my heart. It wasn't, a, it's not like I dreamed of being a pastor. In fact, if I had, if, if I did dream of being a pastor, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that as a dream. I'd have put that in the category of nightmare. That would have been, in my mind at that time, that would have been a night terror because I couldn't see myself in that, you know, in that place. I didn't, I, I couldn't envision myself there. But the minute that God made clear what his ideas were for me, what his thoughts were toward, toward me, what his mind was, what, that was revelation. That was, that was revelation. Now, you know what? My feelings didn't change right away. My mind, I couldn't wrap my mind around how it would happen. But the, the, where this church started, this church didn't start because I thought, well, you know what? Churches are all jacked up, and I just felt like, you know, there needed to be a different kind of church, and, and I felt like everybody else was losers. And I thought, well, since they're all losers, we should be winners, you know? And so... Um, that's not how this church started. This church didn't start because I had a bunch of people come to me at different churches and say, you know, I know you're an evangelist, but if you ever started a church, we'd come with you. We'd join with. That's not why. That's not why I did it. I didn't have a falling out with my pastor. In fact, we left, we left the church that we were a part of here in, 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 over in Edmond. We left that church two years prior to starting the church because we wanted to make sure that no one followed us out of that church. Not that they would have anyhow. But we made sure, you know, two years ahead. The, 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 motive, the motive of our hearts was always to do the will of God. But when we sit down, you know, Sheree, she'd be asking pastors lots of questions. Uh, she asked pastor where we were at just now a uh, question. How did you get here? Uh, we heard a, a great story of how they got to where they got. Do you know what we didn't hear in that story? The Lord told me. And that, that's, that is the main reason why we see churches that suffer and why they have difficulty, why there are people that never ever even begin to do ministry, never even begin to discover their purpose, never begin to discover their destiny. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not a perfect church around here, but at least around here you can tell that there's potential to be able to do the will of God. Oh, yeah. There's the potential 
to discover. I mean, some of you are like, man, I hope I can discover my destiny. I, you know, you're, you're still hoping because you still think this like every other church. You don't, listen, you don't realize that it's not just hope. If you will exercise faith, if you, the, the, first, the first step is you've got to believe in the supernatural. How many of you believe in the supernatural power of God? How many of you believe there's no limits in the, in the realm of the supernatural? God has the ability to do anything, any way that he wants to do, in, in, I mean, according to his word, uh, in a supernatural fashion. So we've got to believe God for the supernatural. If, if we don't start believing that God is going to supernaturally start to do some things in our lives around here, we're never going to receive anything. God wants to give you a supernatural revelation. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him God wants to give you a supernatural revelation. Now, I don't know how it'll... I don't know how it'll come. I don't know if you'll dream a dream. I don't know if you'll see a vision. I don't know if an angel will pop up, uh, you know, in your bathroom, you know, while you're getting ready. I don't know if uh, you'll get a word of prophecy uh, through, you know, someone that we have come through here. I don't know that you'll be watching, you know, back in the day, you'd be watching Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson would look at that camera and he'd say, the Lord tells me there's someone out there. And, and he'd go to talking and giving words of knowledge across the television, you know, uh, you don't see that a whole lot anymore. You know, every now and again, you see it, but you don't see a lot of that anymore. But there's a lot of different ways that God can set you on course, every one of them supernatural. Never, listen, never one time will you find in the Bible that God lent anyone by their natural circumstances. So you know what? You've got to quit seeing opposition as being the Lord closing a door. Sometimes the door wants, that God wants you to walk through has a million devils guarding it. Every one of them with their weapons pointed toward you. Just because there's a door wide open and it's swung wide open and you can walk right through it doesn't mean the Lord wants you to go through that door. We have to be able to discern supernaturally by the Holy Spirit what doors that are open that God wants us to go through and what doors are just opportunities that God never intended for us to take. Go ahead, man. Are y'all hearing me today? You know what? While I was at that conference, at that Mooney conference, these guys were talking, um, uh, the owners of the shop where I take my Mooney to, they were talking, and you know what? They need people bad over there to help them out. Do you know there's an opportunity over there for people that are aviation enthusiasts to work in the aviation field? Now, guess what? I'm an aviation enthusiast. Guess what I have no business doing? Working over there in Longview, Texas at Don Maxwell Aviation just because there's an opportunity. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You say, so we should expect the supernatural. Yes, you should expect the supernatural. Now, what if the supernatural happens and and um because because now you know this you get the supernatural involved. Well, I had a dream and there were flying monkeys and and uh, dogs named Toto. <laughs> Girls named Dorothy. And there was a cowardly lion and a tin man. But I believe the lion was Jesus. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think he was. 
So you might get, you might get something in the supernatural, but you, then you have to discern the difference between whether that be God or whether that not be God. Oh, yeah. That's what, that, you know, that's what keeps most of you from diving in to the flow of the supernatural is a fear of whether or not you'll be able to discern the difference between. But, you know, that's why we're all hanging around here. You know, God never intended for you to navigate these waters alone. God sent you to a church with a pastor. God sent you to a church that has a pastor that nearly every day hears something from the Lord for somebody. Who ha who's, who's had 30-something years to be able to discern the difference between the voice of God and the voice. But now listen, you, if you come to me and you say, Pastor, can you tell me whether this is God or not? Hilda and David, who come who have probably come to me more regularly than anyone in this church to ask me whether something was God or not. You'll have to talk to them about this, and you can ask them about this. Maybe about a third of the time I say, here's what I hear the Lord saying. The other two-thirds of the time I'm like, I don't know. But you know what? We can find out because we have a promise from... Amen. Amen. Go back to that verse in Daniel, will you? Ted, what's the verse? 1132, Daniel 1132. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, what just, she's on it. We can find out. Say this with me. Say, look at someone, tell them, you can find out what the will of God is. But the people who know their God, see, that's the key. Say, know their God. Knowing your destiny isn't knowing your God. Knowing what you want to do is not knowing your God. Knowing what you're feeling isn't knowing. You know, I feel like that's not knowing your God. Knowing your God is when your life is hidden in him. When you have put him first. When you have developed a relationship with him. Well, you know what? Above, above all things, you know, we, we, uh, we sing a song around here. It says, to worship you I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Amen. Boy, I wish that was true. I wish that was true in every church I went to. But you know what? That's not why people, you know, maybe we should stop singing that song so we won't make people lie. Maybe we ought to just start singing songs that won't make people lie, but you know, because because that's not that's not where a lot of people are. But you know what? That's exactly where he wants us to be. You know, that ought to be the top priority of your life is to hide yourself in his presence, to to love him, to serve him, to live for him, to worship him, to honor him, to praise him. Amen. To make him the top priority of your life because amen, without him, without him you have nothing. But with him Everything is possible. Amen. Amen. So the, the key is, is in knowing their God. Amen. But the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong. You know what? We've come to a place in the church and in the body of Christ where the world is going to need proof. Because you know what? Right now, they don't believe we're strong. The church, seemingly, the modern-day church, New Testament church, has been discredited. I got, up, I got up at that Mooney conference. They asked me to pray over the conference to start it out, which I thought was awesome. 
So I prayed. And you know how I prayed? I prayed just like I pray around here. I wasn't like, Almighty God, creator of the heavens and the earth, amen. We ask thee that thou wouldest bless this gathering. Heck no, I'm like, Lord, we thank you. Number one, we thank you for the Maxwells. Bless them. Keep blessing them. We need to fly these airplanes. Increase them. Help them. <laughs> bless, bless Mooney Corporation. Keep them open, God. <laughs> They've shut down four times. Keep them open, Lord, in the name of Jesus. But, you know, I mean, I, I, pray, I prayed over that bunch of people. And there were, there were some there. You know, it used to be a time... When people, when they, if they knew that you were a minister, if they knew that you were a preacher of the gospel, that there was an immediate respect that people had for you. You know, those days are long gone. Nowadays, in fact, I found this at this conference, they want to know how committed I am. They want proof. We sat down with a young man, and you know what? He was a, he was a believer. Started talking to us about a miracle child that he had, he and his wife, how that they couldn't conceive. And they found out that the reason why they couldn't conceive was because, you know, he, it, was, it was because of him. There was, you know, he didn't, he, uh, he, he was shooting blanks, I reckon. But anyway, they were seeking God, believing God for a, you know, for a miracle. And the Lord began to lead him. He talked about how God started leading him. When the Lord started leading him, get this, when the Lord started leading him, he said, all of a sudden, I couldn't lie no more. And he said, it was, it was you know, he could tell he didn't know much about uh, godly things. But while he's doing this, while he's talking, you can tell he's gauging where I'm at. He's trying to figure out what, isn't it a shame that we live in a world today where people have to find out what kind of Christian we are. Whether we're a whole Christian, whether we're a half Christian, or whether we're saying we're Christian and we don't even know what the word means. He's trying to gauge, he's trying to gauge what kind of, because he knew I was, he said, he asked me, he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. I said, I'm an evangelist and a pastor. He said, an evangelist, he said, can I ask you a question? Then he went into this whole testimony. The question that he was going to ask me is, what kind of evangelist are you? But he had to preface it by, you notice that, right? But he's, I mean, he's, he's poking, he's gauging. And he says, and there's this guy, Todd White, who's crazy. And he's waiting, he's just waiting. And I'm giving, listen, I'm giving him no indication one way or the other. I'm looking him dead in the, in fact, I am cramming down salad down my pile. I mean, I'm eating my salad. I'm like, keep on talking, brother, so I can eat, you know. I'm just eating my salad, and I'm into my food, man. My plate is gone. He's still talking. And I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the cheesecake by the time I get to talk. I'm already in the cheesecake by the time I get to talk. But he tells this testimony of how the Lord led him, and he starts, then he starts getting more, you know, he's testing to see what kind of language he can use. And he's talking about, you know, I've met people that were more spirit-filled, and then I've met those that, you know, they weren't spirit-filled at all. And he said, I began to lean toward them spirit-filled people because them spirit-filled people began to speak a life. 
they began to talk about God doing something. And he said, and I saw Todd White, and I thought that was attractive. He said, but I felt real bad about my, about my you know, I would lie, and I had to repent, and I had to tell my wife all the times I'd lied to her. And, and he, he went through all these things. It was, it was awesome. In the end, they had, a, they had a child. He said, it was our miracle baby. He said, but now I find myself feeling like I have to share with people about Jesus. He said, I have to tell them. They need to know. He said, so what kind of evangelist are you? <laughs> I said, let me tell you my story. I said, and I, listen, I get right in. I said, I was a devil worshiper before I got saved. I got born again in a Mennonite church. I was a devil worshiper before that. I said, I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost in that Mennonite church. God called me to the ministry about a month after I got born again. I had a vision. My ceiling turned into a giant television screen. I saw myself preaching the gospel. I went into the ministry when I was 16. God gave me a healing ministry. I ministered healing to the sick. I said, I've seen such, I said, I said I've seen miracles make your skin crawl. You'd have to pinch yourself to know whether or not you were even awake some of the things that I've seen God do. I said, God has transitioned my ministry. Ministry. I said, but the main focus of my ministry has been to raise up people, to, to mobilize them, to do the work of the ministry. I said, do you know why? I, I said, do you know why you felt the way that you felt, why you felt like you couldn't tell a lie? I said, because you became a different person. I said, you're not the same person you were. I said, you haven't even identified it yet. Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. I said, you became new, and you didn't, you didn't even identify. No one even told you. You're not, you're not the same. You're different. Your mind is the same, but your spirit is different. I said, you're a new creature. You're a new creation. I said, now your, your new man won't let you lie no more. Your, your new man keeps telling you, why you live and lie? Why you living low when I, when I made you high? Why are you living low when I exalted you, when I elevated you? I said, that's why you had to do that. I said, I said, and think about this. I said, what was the one thing that you wanted to do after you went through that transformation? You weren't even aware of the trans. I mean, you were aware that something happened, but you weren't aware of what it was. I said, what's the first thing you wanted to do? I said, the first thing you wanted to do is you wanted to go tell somebody else about it. I said, that's the one thing that's common with every Christian. When you got born again, you didn't want to go start a Sunday school program. You didn't, want to, you, didn't even want to, you didn't want to be a worship leader. You didn't want to be on a worship team. You didn't want to lead Sunday school. You didn't want to play guitar. The first thing you wanted to do when you got born again. Are y'all hearing me today? The first time that you got in his presence. The first time that you got to know God. The first thing you wanted to do was the very thing he intended for you to do. And that was go and tell someone. Tell someone what happened to you. Share your faith. Preach the good news. Tell people that are broken. Good news. You can be fixed. Tell people in darkness. Good news. I found the light. Glory to God. Tell people that are, that are dead. Good news. There's life. I'm preaching in the back of the Mooney place. This guy is looking at me like, I, I've identified what kind of Christian. I have identified what kind of Christian. <laughs> he knew. He knew that I wasn't clear over on this side of the spectrum. 
He knew I was clear over on the other side that he had talked about. He said, there are two extremes. He says, I'm kind of middle of the road. Well, I'm clear off in the ditch on this side. I said, and the reason why is because I've seen the God of miracles. I've seen him touch and change people's lives. I told him about revival. I told him they were going back to revival. And, and uh, he said, um, I'm going to pray for you. What can I pray for you about? I said, pray I don't jack it up. He says, oh, you won't jack it up. I said, the, the best of the best have messed it up. I said, the, some of the greatest people God put on this planet, they jacked it up and they jacked it up good. And I do not I got a prophecy one time from a woman who's a, I know she's a prophet, definitely. She prophesied over me. She said, God's going to use you in a big way. He's going to put an apostolic anointing on your life. You're definitely functioning in a prophetic office. She said, but your name will be written in church history books for future generations to read. Now, see, Ted's all excited. I didn't get that excited because guess what? Everybody that jacked it up is in those books. I don't want to be in the book because I got up on television and cried my eyes out talking about I sinned before you. Because someone took pictures of me coming out of a hotel room with a prostitute. Because someone found me in a hotel room filled with liquor bottles. And I succumbed to cirrhosis of the liver because I'd been drinking my whole life and been in ministry for most of it as well. Are y'all hearing me today? There's one of two reasons why my name's gonna be in church history books. I want it to be for the... I know what the will of God is for my life, but that don't mean I know God. When you know God is when you begin to open up that door to the realm of the supernatural. It's not just knowing about. It's about stepping in. Can I say one last thing before I quit? Have I helped anybody here today? Listen, we're going to manjengelega destefakalinga jengedama soyo poroboya. Yes, we are. Amen. We... We're going to step out of the shea. We're going to step out of the. <laughs> yes, Ogoro. Boy, just hit me. Amen. We're going to step out of the realm of the natural and into the realm of the supernatural. <laughs> I may not get to say what I was going to tell you because. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. And so you better kill a crumma. Anna John don't almost a kangele jedea. 
Glory. I thank you for it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And this support the I was going to tell you a testimony, but I may mean, need to, I'll just back off the testimony and just tell you. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've been having some incredible moments. Um, just just me, me and the Lord and in the meetings with people. We, we had a lady come to the meetings the other night. She was, she was a mess. Her name was Marissa. I said, I have a friend named Marissa. She ain't like you, Marissa. She, she was like, why were you being so judgmental and critical with people? I said, I wasn't. She said, yes, you were. You were. And I had to go and talk to someone because you were talking about pink hair and she had pink hair and you were being negative toward her. I said, no. I said, you weren't listening. I said, you came in here with church hurt. And I said, I said have, you ever, have you ever, have you ever, she was a nurse. I said, have you ever had a patient that no matter what you told them, they wouldn't listen to you? She said, yes. They knew better than you, right? And, and you have all this experience. I said, don't you hate it when someone comes try to tell you how to do your job? <laughs> she looked at me. I said, same with me. I said, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. I said, how long have you been doing this? I said, I'm not pointing punches with you. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, you came in here, you concerned yourself with everybody else. And I said, you have problems. You concerned yourself with a woman who had pink hair. I said, her and her husband left out of here blessed. I, call, I called both of them out, gave them a word of prophecy. Come to find out he was a pastor's kid, a pastor that I knew. He was struggling with chemical dependency. He was, he was drunk sitting there. Dude was loaded, man. He could barely even talk. I gave him a word. You know what the word was? There's no expiration date on God's call. I didn't even know who he was. Tears began to stream down his face, down this girl's face. I talked about pink hair, but I was talking about Cat Kerr. <laughs> she had rainbow hair, man. This chick had rainbow hair. And this lady had gone back there because she thought I was, you know, talking bad about people that had colored hair. I was like, are you kidding me? If I had hair, I'd probably color it. <laughs> I was like, well, y'all are, are lucky. Y'all are lucky there's not a trend amongst bald people for them to have colored heads because I might do it. You understand what I'm saying? I might get me a little spider web, you know, tattooed on there. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, care, look, care, look, look. I'll take care of him, Pastor. I'll help you. <laughs> I told her, I said, you know what? You're the only one that has a problem. I said, God's trying to touch you, and you're so concerned about everybody else. I said, you missed out. I said, God's trying to help you. I said, you can't help these people. You don't have what they need. I said, you don't even know it. I talked to those folks. I gave them that word. They left out of here. You know what I found out? The next day, that guy checked himself into rehab. He checked himself in. Shree talked to her. She said, are you ready to give this up? He looked her square in the eyes and said, no. That's how he said it to us, Shree. Oh, no, uh-uh. I'm good. But the Spirit of the Lord had come upon him. Next day, he checked himself in. He's like, I'm calling my dad, tell him to have you at our church. He was still the worship leader in his church. Doctors gave him up to die. He said, I'll die any day, cirrhosis of the liver. Still drinking, can't, you, listen, when sin has its grip on you, when you're, when you're out of the presence of God, you're not going to make it. Are y'all hearing me today? Every time we gather, you ought to be doing everything you can do to get into his presence. You know why? Because when you do, you'll be firm. You will stand strong. You might not want to physically, but you'll do it because you know him. Because you know him. When you know him, you'll stand. Listen, I've been all around the world. I've, I've, there, I've, I've seen some beautiful women in church, but I stand firm <laughs> with this woman right here. Do you know why? Because I know her and she knows me. And what we have is valuable. How am I going to dump 34 years of investment on a half hour, three hours, an evening, a night, whatever? No, what we had, see, that's what happens when you know God. Are you hearing me today? All of a sudden, you'll be firm. And when you do, when you stand firm upon his word, You'll become mighty. People will be able to see what kind of Christian you are. You're not one of those wishy-washy, greasy, gracie, up and down, back and forth, in and out. But you're one of those ones that knows God. And out of that, you know what happens? The supernatural. God will do exploits through your life. I'm fed up. I'm fed, you know what? I'm fed up with the world meddling in the business of the church. It ain't none of their business what we do here. We, if, if they're going to come here and they're going to be meddling in our business, they need, to, they need to receive the king. They need to get it. They need to be confronted with King Jesus. Let him change their life. That's, that's why they need to be. But you know, as far as the world trying to tell us how we're going to do things at church, forget about that. That nurse said, I hope you haven't been telling people not to vaccinate. I said, listen, 
you know what? I'm not telling them to vaccinate. I said, I bet you are. I said, how about you let people do what they want to do instead of what you think they ought to do? And that's where I stand. You know, I'm not against, vac I'm not against vaccinations. Um, Annie vaccinated. Uh, Gabriel vaccinated. I found out my daughter Michael vaccinated. I didn't think she was going to, but she did. Do I, do I have an aversion to it? I do, personally. I ain't going to let nobody stick that stuff in me. But I ain't let nobody stick. Better behave yourself. Your mama will beat you out of you. You'll make it if you're going to make the birthday. <laughs> you haven't got the gifts yet, bro. Just, just a couple more days. <laughs> you know, that, that's me. Y'all know that. But you know, if you came to me and you said, hey, pastor, I, I got vaccinated. I'm, I'm not going to be like, in two years, you'll be dead. <laughs> I was watching a video on YouTube and they said that anyone that took the vaccine, no, no. Some people had a bad reaction. Some people had a bad reaction. I mean, I know a lady, I know a guy that's paralyzed. Took the vaccine. But then there are other people, nothing, you know, nothing happened to them. Not, 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 not anything yet. I mean, there may be a commercial, you know, at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you or someone you love? <laughs> Call 1-800- you may be entitled to a settlement. <laughs> but heck, you know, some people, they took a pill to lose weight, you know, to try to curve their appetite. And they're part of it. You know, it's just, it's just one of those. That's why, that, that's why I don't, that's why I don't vaccine. That's why I don't take a lot of medicine because um, I don't want to be on that hotline. <laughs> <laughs> having to trust the Lord to heal me from something I put in my own body. <laughs> but you know what? You do what's in your heart. Right? You do what's in your heart. You follow the Holy Ghost. You know, do you know how this guy got a miracle baby? They went to a fertility doctor. And then they trusted God. His wife lost one of the babies, one of the, uh, in a miscarriage, but the other one stuck. Thank God. Anyhow, praise the Lord. Stand up all over the place. I know, I, I hope you got this. So this is, that, that's, how, that's how you walk in the fullness of the flow of God's blessing. It's not just about knowing about these things. You can go and you can learn about these things, but if you don't press into his presence, and that's what you have to do. You have to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive. <laughs> Let Gaby Flanoy know that if she gets a phone call from me, it was Siri thinking I was telling. <laughs> I guess when I was talking, it sounded like I said Gaby Flanoy. But be aggressive. Don't be afraid. Some people are afraid that they'll get in the presence of God and God will start telling them to straighten out. 
Well, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's going to tell you to straighten some things out. I didn't tell my wife this. Um, I haven't told anybody this. But we went to, we went to the pastor's house. Uh, the pastor of the church that I'm at right now, he attended the church pastor Annie and I attended. Mennonite church where he got born again. His wife attended the Mennonite church that we were born again. His wife asked me a question. We went to dinner at his house. We've never been over there. She said, I just want to add, I want to get this out of the air. I've been going to this church now. I've been for maybe since eight years ago. It's a long time, right? Can I, can I, I want to clear the air about something, she says. Like, okay, why? When I was little, I went into church and you threw me out. It was one night, my brother went running out. You were, you were yelling and people were falling and they were, it was the night the Lord taught me how to cast out devils. She said, I have been so afraid of you. We've been having you at our church and every time you come, my mother's like, it's okay. It'll be all right. Just listen to what he says. I mean, even her mother, I think, has her a little shook up about me. Like, you know, just straighten out your life. You'll be okay. Spanish people are that way. Spanish people be like, you're going to tell you something, so you better get it under the blood. But she said, I've never understood. I've always been afraid of the move of God because that scared me so badly. Listen, the supernatural can be spooky. Are y'all hearing me today? Some of you are afraid because you've seen crazy stuff happen. It, it's okay. It's okay. Gabe, Gabe and I, we went, uh, we went to a Cedar Point while, while we were in Ohio, an amusement park. Lots of roller coasters. We, we went for the day. Great place. I got on every roller coaster with him, every last one of them. I'm going to tell you right now, I did not want to get on those roller coasters. Some of them went Honestly, it's not just that they looked at, they, there's one, 90 degrees, 79 mile an hour you reach. And, get, and we got, you know where we were at? Front car. Front car. I'm praying in tongues. And Gabe was like, Dad, I, I think we made a mistake. I'm like, I know we made a mistake, boy. I was like, you're just thinking we made a mistake? Dude, this was wrong. This was wrong. He's laughing, you know. You know, the only reason I got on there is because I was on there with my boy. You know, the only reason he got on there is because he was with me. Don't be afraid. Your daddy's with you. I don't care what the supernatural looked like in the past. I don't care how spooky it looked, how crazy it got. I'm going to tell you right now. Listen, trust me here. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking as your pastor. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. I, when it comes to this, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing here. There, there's a lot of pastors. I'll tell you, a lot of pastors don't. But I'm going to tell you, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm, Let's do this together. Let's do this together. If there's a question, if there's a doubt, come to me. But let's do this together. Let's get you over there and let's get you a revelation. 
let's get you a word from God because one word from God will change everything. Amen. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that everyone that is here will step out of the natural and into the supernatural. Lord, that we will step out of the place where we have depended on ourselves and into that place, God, where we are totally 100% reliant and dependent upon you and upon your promises and your word specifically for our lives. Lord, I know that you desire to say things to your people that will not only rock their world and change their world, but will change the entire world. It was a word from you and time spent with you that caused the disciples of old to turn their world upside down. Lord, we are, again, that people. We don't desire to just sit and, and occupy a chair in a church and hear stories. Lord, we want to know you. We want to be firm and strong in you. We want people to see and to know and to test so that we can prove that you are strong, that you are mighty, and that you do exploits in the name of Jesus. May miracles abound through the lives of each one that is in this place in the name of Jesus I come against sickness I come against the sickness that is attacking the bodies of people in this church I come against pneumonia I come against bronchitis I come against everything that attacks the pulmonary system the, the lungs the breathing the, the, the nose the throat the ears in the name of Jesus. I bind you in Jesus' name. I command you to turn loose of God's people right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be made well. I command every sickness to go from everyone. Everyone that is here and everyone that's at home. Be made whole. Shout it. Be made whole. And Lord, I thank you that everyone that's struggling financially, everyone that is struggling in their money, Lord, right now, we bind the devil of poverty. We bind the spirit of lack. You have no place in this church. You have no place in the people of this house. I declare that these people aren't going to have barely enough. I declare they're going to have way more than enough. I declare that they're going to... Boy, I feel the anointing. I declare that the people of this house are going to abound in this hour, that we're going to have enough for us and for our neighbors and for our church and for the apartments that we reach out to, for these neighborhoods that we're in. the name of Jesus, we have more than enough. Because, Lord, you're providing supernaturally for us in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that there is no discouragement that will afflict your people. I thank you, God, that there is there's nothing that is going to hold them back, that's going to keep them down. Glory to God. I thank you that they're rising up and that they're stepping into their season and their hour of revelation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. I thank you that everything that the devil has stolen, he has to return. Everything that he's tried to take from your people, 
that he has to return, and he has to return it sevenfold. In Jesus' name. Did you want me to pray for you, Eric? Lord, I thank you for Eric. I lay my hands on him. I thank you, Father, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. I thank you, Lord, that revelation, that knowledge, that wisdom, that understanding is coming upon him and upon his whole house. Lord, I thank you that they're rising up in their house to abound in every good work, God, that you've called them to. Lord, that everyone that sees them, that knows them, that hears them, will be encouraged. That they'll know that they're not the type of Christians that just talk about the things of God. That just talk about church. But Lord, that they're the people that know their God. That stand firm. That prove that they're strong, that they're mighty. And that the God of miracles lives in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. Loose your spirit upon Eric. I loose your spirit upon Shelby now. Lord, touch the girls where they're at in the name of Jesus. Fill them all, Lord. Fill their house. Now, I now just tell you what I saw. I saw y'all at a gate, like a starting gate, like at a race, like at a track. And I, I hear God saying, You're about to, you're about to run a new race. You're about to. God, God says He's already put you at the beginning of a new uh, race. You finished the last one, now you're starting another one. Praise God. Menesobroda, Edesengenje, Enesoproda, Elfedriekshedda, Duda Manzana, Harasobombrendriene. I hear I hear him telling me tell you this. You didn't lose in the last season. <laughs> the devil keep trying to tell y'all that y'all lost. That y'all failed tests and you didn't make it. The Lord says, that's a lie. That's a lie. The Lord says, the Lord says, he, he, the Lord says, you passed, he's graduated you, and you're moving on to the next level in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord says, he does not, he don't grade like y'all grade. And so God says, um, it's, it's time, it's time, the Lord says for, the Lord says it's time for you to begin to operate in a higher measure, in a higher realm of the Spirit, in the higher things of God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for Sheree. I thank you, Father, for health, healing, wholeness in every part of her body. I thank you, Lord, for provision. I thank you, Father, that you're showing her your way. I thank you, Lord, that you're revealing to her by your wisdom and by revelation how she's to navigate the season that's before her. God, she, she sees and she hears and she knows things that in the natural don't yet appear that she can accomplish. But Lord, we know that one day it can be undone and the next day it can be done. That one day we could be at the start and the next day we be at the finish and, and be starting on something else. 
And so, Lord, I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for knowledge. I thank you for direction. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for new anointings, new giftings, new callings. I thank you, Father, for new grace, for your glory in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. What was that? Yes, Lord, we thank you for supernatural provision and increase for your glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless, bless Jesse Joe. Ooh, glory. We thank you, Lord. They're leaving the place of barely enough, moving into the place of more than enough. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for Andrew. Let your hand rest mightily upon him, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for time. And Ayla, I thank you, Lord, that they're stepping into a greater grace. That's what I hear, greater grace. Greater grace. Greater grace. Greater grace. And in Mosoyo, Barra Sobondo, Tariete Beesa, Talfara Driosha, and in Mesta, in the name of Jesus. Ooh, Kalesea. Farther, you know what I hear the Lord tell me, tell y'all? You're farther than you've ever been, the both of you. The Lord says, for a while y'all felt like you was playing catch up. But God says, you ain't playing catch up. Lord says, you've already surpassed where you've been. The Lord says, you on to new and greater things. He says, you haven't identified it. And it's not that you haven't identified it. It's just that you hadn't been certain. You haven't been sure. But this word that I'm speaking is the assurance. Morosa. Dengele jebreisa kaurudrieta. And I thank you, Father, that progress will be rapid in Jesus' name. Tenemosega, show to thank you, Lord, for Brandon. Ha ha, shedet obria, lolo sumana, stepping over into the, whoo, into the supernatural. Tenemosia, out of this realm and into another, in the name of Jesus. Orasabaya, alusia. I loose you, Jasmine, in the name of Jesus. Tobrosa bandini masikorodose. Borosa bona macha. Lord Amasa Melody, I loose you in the name of Jesus. Into a new place. Corosa. Supernatural. Arabose. Lord, touch this. Horosabongla. Whole family. Angeli Judea. Horosaboa. I thank you, Lord, that Lindsay's being released into a new season, into a new time, into a new realm. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Colesa. Dubrasa. Dunan jengele beresia. Torobosa kaja dedeata. Touch this boy, Jesus. Fill him full of the Holy Ghost. Let him be everything you want him to be, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for Nikki. I loose you into a higher place. Into the great treasures of the grace and the glory of God. Higher, higher, higher in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, God, for supernatural provision. I thank you, God, for grace. Grace for wealth. The transfer of great wealth come into their hands in this hour. In the name of Jesus. 
I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for a greater measure being released in Miss Rhonda. Lord, a greater measure of grace, a greater, greater measure of provision, a greater measure, God, in finance, in authority, in an ability to speak the word, to declare the word, to preach the word. Lord, let her net, I see, I see your net being bigger. I see you catching more fish than you ever caught before. I see you having to call in for help so you can have help to bring in the hall. I hear God saying, you, you are. God says, you pressing in. I've never seen this in you, Rhonda. But you know what? You, you really operating under the anointing of an evangelist. You, you doing the work of an evangelist. You know, I, you know what I hear the Lord saying, Rhonda? I hear the Lord saying that there have been generations in your family that he's called out to, to carry the anointing, to spread good news. The Lord says, many rejected the measure of the call of the anointing that God desired for them to carry. The Lord said for a time, he said he pulled you aside and he, he said to teach. But God says, I'm raising you up in this hour to preach. Yes. God says you're going to be a decreer and a declarer of the good news. And God says... God says, you know, the, their scripture says, how lovely are the mountains on the feet of, are the feet of them that carry good news. And you know, really what that says is people rejoice and are glad at the bearers of good news. And God says, people are about to be glad as you come bearing good news. News of liberty and freedom. The gospel of Jesus being released through you. I loose that to you today. It's a new day. <laughs> Glory. Lord, I thank you for Twyla. Lord, I thank you that you are, that you are uh, extending your hand of grace toward her. I thank you, Father, that you are helping her to navigate this season in this hour. Lord, I thank you that she is, uh, that uh, in great trial of affliction, she abounds in joy. I thank you, Lord, that in, uh, in what seems like times of lack, she abounds in her liberality in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that no matter what the enemy tries, no matter what the enemy does, he finds himself befuddled. He finds himself... <laughs> he finds himself confused because no matter what, what's happening, Twyla finds herself on the strong path. She finds herself being mighty and strong in you and knowing you and doing exploits. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that... I thank you, God, that she's finding joy in, different, in new things. That she's finding contentment in places that she's never found contentment before. That she's finding joy in places where she's never found joy before. 
that she's finding inspiration in places she's never been inspired before. I thank you, Father, that dark corners are being filled with light. The places that have been dead are being filled with life. I thank you, Lord, that I, I hear God saying he's, he's able to use a broader stroke because the Lord says there's more canvas of your life that's available to him. I hear God saying that the picture is becoming bigger. I hear the Lord saying that he's revealing new things. He says because new things can be revealed because God says you're giving him other areas to, it's, I see him with a paintbrush and it's like, the canvas of your life went from being one size to increasing to another size. And so God is creating in that space that was blank and he's revealing and he's showing. The Lord says uh, he's showing a greater measure because the Lord says there's more of the canvas of your life that is open uh, to him. Uh, the Lord says, um, the Lord says, who's your day to Boris? day go to day the entrance of a greater measure of light the Lord says is going to release a greater measure of life and God says and you will not break down you will break out the, the Lord told me to tell you he is specifically working to fortify and to strengthen your body And the Lord says, your body is not going to break down. You're going to break out in the name of Jesus. Your bones are being strengthened. Your joints are being strengthened. Your muscles. There's a rejuvenation taking place. Nature, just the natural course of life, has tried to rob you of physical physically of nutrients and, and uh, things that were necessary to make you strong in your body. I hear God saying what you can't get from nature, you're going to get from the one who created all things. And the Lord, the Lord says this, the Lord says, he says, you can hang your hat on that. But he says, you will become more physically able. He says, out of habit, you'll say, you're going to you're going to go to say something about your limitations and before it can escape your lips he's going to check you and he's going to say don't say it he said because I fixed it amen but I do I hear the Lord saying that the wrestling match that you've gone through you're at the end of a great battle you're at the end of a great battle the enemy tried to persuade you that all that was passed down through your family from generation to generation that it would be a long fight for you to be able to get through. The Lord says, the battle is mine. He says, I've already won. He says, the victory is yours. He said, so you, he said, you're going to have fun, fun, fun. Amen. Glory to God. I lose that to you. Edemosa, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Carolyn. I declare release today for your glory in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit Fall mightily upon her and fill her to overflowing. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for new, uh, uh, new opportunities, new doors. I thank you, Lord, for new things being released in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bless Titus, Lord, on his birthday. Lord, increase him in the name of Jesus. God, let him settle into the things 
that you prepared for him. Let him flourish, God, in your spirit and in the things of the spirit. May you get a revelation, Lord, of your word and your call and your anointing. Father, I thank you. I thank you that there are no limits. That there are no limits to the grace that you're releasing to Titus. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for Gaby. I thank you, God, that you are showing her a greater way. Lord, that you are giving her uh, your thoughts and your plans and your ideas. I thank you, Lord, that she's going to have confidence in that. Lord, even though it sounds like her, we know, I know it's you. And I'm, I'm asking you to help to persuade her that some of these things that she's hearing are your voice. That it'll be clear and that it'll be certain in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I loose that to her. Let her be filled with wisdom. Let her be filled with confidence. Let her be filled with assurance. That's your word to us in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for healing him for this baby. Lord, I thank you that she is a sharper in her mind, that she's not dull in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that she's functioning at full capacity. <laughs> I hear the Lord saying what's taking a place in you is a reprioritization. God says your mind is reprioritizing things. God says there's things that are going to take greater precedence in your mind, a greater level of, of, uh, of um, a, a, they're going to take a greater place of importance. And where some things have been more important than others, God says he's juggling that around and he's shifting it. The Lord says he wants to assure you that it's him. The Lord says, you're not going nuts. The Lord says, you are sound in your mind and in your thinking. But God, but God says, there's some things you haven't yet identified. A part of, a part of you not being able to, to come to a place of settling in your mind, he says, is because he's not yet brought you to the place where he's going to bring clarity to the things that he's already depositing in your spirit. There's already things bouncing around in there that you can't identify. So part of, maybe part of what you're going through could possibly be hormonal. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Most of what you're going through has to do with something that's shifting in the spirit and something that's changing, uh, that God is changing in you uh, as you come out of having this next child. In your opinion, now this is crazy. I'd never tell you this. You know I wouldn't because I know how, I know how you're built. But you're going to come to a season where you're going to feel like you slowed down. You're going to feel like it's a failure in your head, but it's not a failure. It's the Holy Ghost. And it's not because you're going to burn out. It's just because there's going to be a reprioritization. And the things that God has you invest in are just going to move at a slower pace, a slower pace than you're accustomed to moving. And God says, you're going to adjust your pace. He says, because the things you're going to plant and that you're going to sow into, and that you're going to uh, give, the Lord says, what I've put in you toward, God says, are going to require it. Amen. And, it's, and he says, even though you can run fast, the Lord says, I'm not go there's going to be a season where you're not going to run too fast. And he says, and it's okay. He says, it's not that you're weak. And it's not the, that the Lord says, he's drawn anything away from you. He says, there's some things that are of greater importance that require 
the Lord says, not because you can't do it quick, he says, but where he's going to have you pour, it necessitates a period of a marinating. A marinating. Mm. And God says, once, once what you pour into absorbs the flavor, God says, those people will be kicked into a new gear. This had to your family and children as well. But there'll be a, there'll be a gear that everything's going to kick into that'll, uh, an acceleration. The Lord says, I'll accelerate you again. And, and God says, and you'll outrun the ones that think they outran you. The ones that think they passed you by. Lord says, you'll come flying by them. They'll be like, well, uh, that was wishful thinking. But the Lord says, there's de- there is definitely, there's, there's what's, ha- what's happening to you, you, I think you're, maybe your expectation was that there would be a, uh, an acceleration, but it seems like there'll be a, for you, it seems like it'll almost be like a deceleration, but it's exactly what he wants to do. And it will launch you into a, hmm, I see it coming on you now. You're going to get, you're going to get burdened. You probably, if priority happens to you, you're probably, it's not your hormones. It is not your, you are not crying for no reason. The Lord says, you're going to weep, and you're not going to know why you weep, but the Lord says, you're weeping for him. And he says, at some point, it's going to be identified where those tears are coming from. But God says, don't concern yourself. Don't be concerned. He says, it's a different time for you. You're not, he says, this is not where you've been at all. God says, you've never, but he says, he's, he's implementing something in you. And he says, in this season, your emotions are more important than they were in the last season. In the last season, you could have sat your emotions on the bench and they could stay there. But God says, I'm going to use you and your emotions in this season. They're necessary for what I'm going to do in you in the days to come. And that, that's what you're not accustomed to. And that's why there'll be a deceleration. Because when you get over there and God starts using your soul and he starts taking those things out of your soul, people are going to look at you. They're going to say, I didn't think that was in you. The Lord's, the, Lord's, the Lord's already, he's always had it in you. But I hear God saying there's some things that are going to be birthed in tears. And the Lord says, it's, it's right, it's good, it's him. It's not wrong. And you don't need no more to try to figure out, why is this happening to me? It's happening because God's shifting things in your spirit. And you, you're, you're, you're moving into a different a realm. You are going to discover the supernatural in a way you've never seen it ever before in this season of time. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for David, God. Bless him. Let your hand rest mightily upon him. Lord, <laughs> you're doing great things in and through him. And we're excited that we get to take part. Lord, let the anointing rest greater upon him in this hour. Lord, let him preach Let him preach like he's never preached. Let him teach like he has never taught. Lord, set him ablaze. Let him be the guy that runs the top of the chairs in the name of Jesus. The Lord, use him for your glory in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. All right, let's give the Lord Jesus a great hand clap of praise. He's worthy. Amen. Listen, I sure love you guys. I sure appreciate you. I I, I sure didn't know that I was going to be. Did you want me to pray for you? In the name of Jesus, Lord, bless Amelia, I thank you, Lord, that she's healed of this stinky, nasty, rotten cough and pneumonia in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that her lungs 
are normal and perfect, and they will be forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. She knew when we were done. Praise God. All right. Listen, y'all, I love you. Come back on Wednesday. We will be, I won't, I won't be here, but I guarantee you, uh, you don't want to miss uh, Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit will continue. Pray for me as I run back to Ohio. I will be back Thursday, and I will see many of you on this coming Sunday. Isn't it Father's Day this coming? I will be here, and we'll see what, uh, what is planned. Amen. But uh, it'll be nice. I'll tell you that. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see you next week in the name of Jesus.